episode 305 we are a little late listen we there is you know there's parties to be had you know somebody had some things they had to do maybe there was discussions in an airbnb about some things that you had to you just got to talk to a man about a go okay that's all we got to say but we do have a first time incredibly special guest mcgravy legendary overwatch former dps prodigy creator of all of the crazy strats that you see on the mayhem i think maybe don't shoot me if i'm wrong um is joining us thank you for coming in and hanging out for a little bit yeah thank you guys for having me i always enjoy chatting about overwatch it's you know what i do on a daily basis so i do it here <laughs> there you go is it is <clears throat> is it still fun as fun did it was like overwatch 2 like a little uptick like new stuff and and like how do you generally feel right now after you know, such a long time in this game. Um, Overwatch 2 definitely kickstarted a little bit in terms of like the fire that I had going, but if I'm mm. being completely honest, it's a job. Mm-hmm. It's, definitely, it's definitely a job. It's not how I felt when I played. Um, if I had to like put my stamp on it and say which one I preferred, I preferred playing, but I definitely think I have a talent for coaching, and I think I'm good at it. So it's a job, and I put my you know best foot forward as best as I can. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not some insane passion that I have anymore like I did when I first started. Mm. Does it have I mean, work-life balance a little more? Yeah, work-life balance. I mean, I tweeted about it. I mean, it's it, it's so hard. Um, I've been I've been talking with other coaches in the scene, so when I made that tweet. I think other people have reached out to me and said, like, I know exactly how you feel. Like, you're overworked, you're underpaid, and you get no credit. It's not as fun as everyone thinks it is. <laughs> yeah, I, that, it's, it's the... the thanklessness is uh often goes understated for you know the amount of because it you hear it kind of through the grapevine of like what what it is actually like um and it doesn't seem real and it's like no there's like a few different people who have lived this life and yeah it's all it's it's a job but it's also like capital j job period the end like 80 hour work weeks so yep (laughs) it's i yeah i i hats off to you guys it's it's Incredible what you guys do, and speaking of, obviously, huge win coming off the back of the Houston game, which we will get into. Um, I personally have some very selfish questions to ask you about that Numbani strat, because me thinks that you guys were up to some crazy little zany Toon World stuff. So I need to get I need to get in the X's and O's with you on that front. But before we get into that, we do have to give a special shout out to make to the people who make this show possible. So episode three hundred five. Do have to give a special thank you to our patron producers, that being Battle Crab, Refined Bean, Barn Spot, Buhau, Picasso, Chris Arf, 34444, Kosh67, Lotion, Porkchop, Sammy, Rexane, Allmelon, Sugar High, and our YouTube members, I am DRW, Brother Adam L, Sagi Fumi, I Sam Jello, Fire Island 6, and AK. So, Houston. Huge win. 3-0. Playoff implications. Impressive. How, you know, we're recording this on the Friday. Literally, I think. Games happened yesterday. Forgive me. Yep. Esports sounds yep. a little funky. Um, what was that like? Was that expected? Um, again, I don't like coming out here lying. I, I wouldn't say it, I definitely didn't expect it. Um, okay. I mean, I think we always have the feeling that we can win and we were capable sure. of winning. I think even saw that in midseason madness. I think the feeling mm. left out of that was we felt like we should have won. We felt that way, like genuinely. Um, but. Kind of in the grander scheme, we talk about the patch things. 
we didn't feel it's exactly our meta. You talk about the zany, wacky, cooking up stuff. That's what me and Gumb are always doing. I think that's how oh, right yeah. now, like, 70 to 80% of the job is sitting here thinking, <laughs> like, how can we not play Sombra Tracer? Sure, yeah. How, how can we not do that and win? So anything you think, like, that's that's the that's the core thought that we have going into uh, into matches and, and maps and strats and all of that. How do you guys think about, like, the situation? Because, of course, like, everyone's a little bit deflated or was during the midseason break that nothing really seemed to have shifted too much. Like, And then now it's it's hard to have a definitive say if that was proven wrong or if it's just, like, you know, uh, you know, a couple of new maps showed up. And, of course, that has some inherent implications. And there were, like, some slight changes, but... Like, generally speaking, like, did you see, like, a new canvas opening up, like, with opportunities as, like, the wacky zany, you know, strategy creators? Or were you deflated at the opportunities given? Um, It's a little bit of both because all of the maps, essentially all of the maps are changed besides push. So there's, so we'll push in, in cough as well. Um, there's also, there's so many opportunities, but it's also so much work. You kind of have to, like, rein yourself in a little bit and not try and do too much at once. Mm. Um, but I think we felt very fortunate that we got an opponent as strong as Houston right off the rip because we get we get to cook on all of these maps and think of all these these new ideas and like ways to win and it's fun and exciting and it's also it gives us an opportunity to surprise our opponents and probably the best opponent we have or one of the best opponents we have um, on this half of the schedule. So sure. I think we felt pretty fortunate that we got to you know come out and pop Houston with a three zero right at the start. Yeah, it. it I mean. You you talk about it like a knockout punch, and by by the end of control, you know, and we're starting to load in Nimbani, and that those first couple pushes on their attack go a little awry thanks to a, a beautiful set of magnetic grenades that just found a, a certain someone's face. Um, it was like, okay, well, you know, is Houston gonna just get three would Because then they have to go to circuit, and it's like, okay, well, if fearless stays in then you know that could be a little dicey but if gargoyle comes in and this is you know also being recorded in the hindsight of also understanding that he's retired and maybe he wasn't scrimming at the time who knows um like that whole thing like at towards the end of Nirvana, it was like oh okay like this is like very mayhem winnable because circuits does not seem like a great houston map so what was that kind of looking like for you guys towards the end of like Nirvana? did that feel like oh dang like no we're gonna win well, I mean, I think we even felt that way right after Busan. Um, okay. I think me and Gumba going into the match, we felt like we felt really confident on essentially every map besides Busan. So we mm. went in, we were like, after we won, and especially in the way we won, right at the end, we felt like it was, there was so much up and down. But right yeah. after, we like, looked at each other and we're like, wait, we can actually win this. Game. <laughs> like, yeah. I think Circuit is where the series should end. And so mm. we really emphasize that. Like, this is our reward. We get to play all of the good maps now. We've gotten the bad one out of the way. So now we get new Bonnie. And we were all, comp like, really, really confident in the strats we had cooked up. So um, I think 3-0 right after Poseidon was probably the expected result for us. So mm. we're pretty happy with that. Let me, let me kind of hit you with, with a selfish one for me. You know, when, when you look at that defensive kind of point A hold... Um, that you guys came out with like the the Cassidy and the Ryan playing on the high ground on Nimbonier. Is that kind of like the old like, you know, rush down kind of idea that like somebody has to come to the point. So if somebody chooses to do that, you kind of collapse on them. You have, you know, great angles. You kind of pressure them that way. 
Um, and if they try to attack you, you have so many opportunities to kind of, we saw how many times, you know, fearless got whip shot down and he has to kind of stage his, his engage. So he has to jump up, you know, in the safe kind of lane, like walk me through like what the idea kind of was as much as you can without, you know, divulging too terribly much. Sure. Um, I think essentially with the, the, the way the scrim meta ended up playing out was mm-hmm. a lot of the top teams, they love playing dive and they essentially just use the echo variation. And sure. we kind of figured out that like, they only really go main. I think every map of Nubani, everyone goes main, they play Echo, and they try and jump up top, and they try and right. fight that way. So we had kind of noticed that um, there was a way to exploit that, and I kind of just, we were spitballing. We are like, oh, what kind of comp do you think we could play? We don't want to play an Echo defense here. What do we want to do? And I was just like, ah, like four years ago, I remember people played Rush here. Why don't we try that? <laughs> and he was like, and then Gubble was like, what do you even need Lucio? And we were like, well, not really. I mean, you're right, yeah. you pin across the map, so... Let's play Brig instead, and we'll focus on keeping the high ground. Um, so that's kind of how we ended up on the, the core set of heroes that we got on. And then the whole idea was essentially to just keep your background on the high ground, shoot the mm-hmm. echo, and then your Ryan kind of has the option to drop and block the anti-heals, or you can, you know, as you saw him do, he can pin and shatter her, yeah. which was, you know, awesome. Um, I mean, that's really it. It wasn't too deep of a strat. And then okay. the idea after that was just swap, get off the column. Right, yeah. Do, do, do anything else. After that, <laughs> done, do whatever you think is best. It's in the player's hands now. How often? It, 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 go ahead. How often does that happen? Because, like, in terms of recycling strats from like four years ago. Because when mm-hmm. I, for instance, talk to like Dota two players, right? That is one of the biggest aspects of being good at Dota two is having this intricate knowledge of like ten years of the last ten years of Dota, being able to implement that almost like in a chess like way. Oh, I saw that play, like it's Kasparov against blah 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 from yeah. uh, nineteen eighty two, right? It fe- always felt like because the game sh- uh, changes so often in Overwatch, we even have a new game. We even have one less player on the t- yeah. Like, that this the value of that is maybe lessened. But now, like you, you just mentioned one of those aspects, at least inspiring some strange new strategy. Is that often the case, or is that only now coming into play? Um, I can only really speak for me personally, but I feel like the way I think about the game is so so intuitive, and I, I just play off a of feeling, and so I kind of rely a lot on like how I used how I used to play the game, right? So. Mm. Um, like you said, with the new game modes and stuff, especially with the, the, the newer one, I, I don't even Flashpoint. Think yeah, Flashpoint. Called, so yeah. it's going to become less and even much uh, more so. Um, but it's kind of like I'm sure it depends on the coach. But me being an ex player, I feel like so much of my coaching and like ideas is intuition based, and it's just like a lot of gut feelings for me. I couldn't really even put my finger on it and say why I decided to say that, but I said the words, and they ended up being good. So I don't argue with it. He's got a muse. Just, just the universe speaks it into the, the to the to the ears, and let's just do just, rush. You know why not? It sits right. in my belly and yeah, it comes out and here we are. <laughs> it's all gut bacteria, right, guys? It's. I mean, it is fascinating to kind of listen to people because that's that isn't like the first time that you know that's come up in like community, like you know conversation where like we've had you know a couple different variations on the old like a. Um, May Reaper compositions from God knows how long ago, right? Um, Dive has found its its different variations, but obviously still kind of plays roughly the same way as, as supports kind of pop in and out. Um, what we have seen, the one, obviously, you know, with Overwatch 2 removing a flex tank, that's obviously huge. Um, but the one thing that 
we are seeing Blizzard kind of ideate on are the maps with, you know, most importantly, Gibraltar getting like a pretty significant change. Obviously, it's not in the map pool yet, at least not, not that I know of. Um, but is that, oh, it is, never mind. Um, is that exciting to you as somebody who's like, you know, job it is to kind of think about the game as the maps are kind of getting tweaked enough that it's like, it, does it feel fresh for you guys? Uh, it definitely feels fresh. Um, I, I don't know if the word exciting is what I'd use because it okay. also comes with it comes with a lot of work as well. Sure. Like, uh, it kind of depends on the roster that you have, but the way mm. that we're trying to, I think a lot of people have said, I think Jake said it on broadcast, like we're trying to like be like the scrappy underdogs, but we're not really scrappy underdogs. Yeah, so no. We have all of the talent to do a lot of things that the top teams do, but we feel deep down that like we have a really good understanding of what we're good and not good at and mm. try to utilize our strengths on the maps in any way we can. So if we have to play Ryan Bapp Brig on New Bonnie first point, we're going to do it without hesitation. I think that's like a mature way to kind of look at things. I think that's one of the things that like, I think generally esports tends to lack, at least in the West is like uh, an identity. Right. And it's very clear that you guys, yes, you, you may be kind of like, put into the corner as like the unorthodox team but at least you guys have a good grasp on like what you're comfortable with what you the players are comfortable with and you know you are going to execute on you know the stuff that you guys feel like you're strong at i think that's like important oh i for us like it's like the most important like i think yeah we have we truly have a goal of we think we can win this year even with atlanta Mm. being the 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 top tier team we, we think there are ways to circumvent that and we think we are capable of winning, even even if it's a two percent chance of winning. We have that that faith that we can win this league, but we're not going to do it playing somber tracer with sure. and a break. It's just not going to happen. Like mm-hmm. I, I think I think everyone on the teams agreed that like that's just never going to happen. So the, the more we can avoid that, the better. The the there was an interesting topic I think that even kicked off when I interviewed uh, Gamba last year, where it's like different coaches have different ideas how much they impact the outcome of any given match. And Gamba was always on the side of like, I feel like I've like at least 30% or the coaching staff has at least 30% impact on the outcome of a match. And then I remember talking to Depay and he was like 90, 95%. Then I talked this season to Gator and he's just like, oh yeah, coaches just, you know, sit there, basically are glorified cheerleaders after building the team and whatnot. I guess... Has it become easier this year to coach, given that your talent has just gotten through the roof and you incrementally built this roster of like either superstar players or really solid ones? Um, it's gotten easier in some aspects and harder in others. Um, I think the harder aspect has been that we've gotten more Koreans, and me mm. and Gumba are both, you know, English-speaking coaches. So I think in that aspect, it's gotten harder. But again, we have more talent, so it's also gotten easier. I, it's this weird middle ground. Um. I would generally lean a little bit harder simply because it's harder to push the ideas that me and me and Gumba mostly, I mean, not to say the players don't think of stuff, but mostly me and Gumba think of comps and the crazy ideas and the off the wall nonsense that, you know, sometimes players believe. Um, it's harder to get those ideas pushed through when you don't speak the same language. Sure. It's like, even, even with the translator, there's a lot of nuance and, and conversations that just aren't at a hundred percent, which makes it hard sometimes to push the ideas through. Um, but again, in some matches, it's easier. Like, I get to watch Merit one-tap people from across the map 24-7. <laughs> I get to watch Ham primal people across the map. Like, that's gotten easier, for sure. I can just sit here and watch the, the better players win games. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's gotta be nice. I've, I've, I wonder, 
it says something sometimes I, I I when I talked to Bobby, he looked at like the back line, he goes, Wait, that's possible? You can you can do that? You know, like you ha- of course having uh Iziaki and Elijah gone as, as backline. Is it as a sense of like with the roster that you have that you just like unlocked a new set of tools? Like I don't know, like almost like new senses we're now capable of echolocation where we weren't before maybe in the prior seasons? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't feel that way personally because, especially with our backline. I mean, particularly in Rupal. I mean, Rupal. Even last season, I don't. I don't think anybody had Rupal on their radars. Uh-huh. When we were spitballing with Rupal, I mean, like I, we were throwing out the ideas. Like we weren't happy with our flex support play at the time. We were looking for other for other options, and I just kind of like I knew Rupal had a good bat, and bat was good at the time. And I just kind of, I just kind of threw the name out there, and we looked at it, and we were like. Personally, I don't even think we knew how good Rupal would be now. I don't, mm. I don't think we had. I don't think mm. we had any inkling that he would be where he's at now. So it's very hard to like, kind of vibe with that kind of you know ideology that like oh, our backlines. We had to. We had to put this together. Like we put so much work and so much time and so much effort into where we're at now. So um, must be nice to have the the six year, five year Korean vets. But we had to claw through the mud for this one. I feel. I mean. It's been a an, a resounding success, obviously coming out of the you know the the pro am finals. Rupaul looking fantastic, looking like a, a, a you know you, we there's so many good honest. I feel like this this season, you know, with, with Twilight having kind of crazy like you know vintage performances, and obviously Fielder being an absolute nutter butter. Um, but like Rupaul, you know that that last final game of his, like I mean, come on, what an absolute all star. That's got to feel like good for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course it feels good. Like, like <laughs> I said, when we signed him, like the consensus was that he was a bad one trip, sure, through and through. Like he hadn't, he hadn't really shown anything else. I don't even think he had played Anna like competitively that much, mm. even in contenders. So the fact he's that where he's now is like an testament to his hard work. I mean, sure. he's he's such a hard worker. He's super coachable. That's like the number one thing I can say about Rupal is like you can tell him anything and he'll try and implement it as best he can. So that's off the Rupal. Oh, him. What what also is super surprising, given the perceived perform uh, or importance of the role, especially if you can't double up on flex, is to have mm. a main support player, right? And I recently, like when I talked to Reinforce and we had our hot takes thing, like I I just feel like it's in, insane that a team that, as you are a budget team, is capable of securing Chirong when other bigger spenders are in the market for a main support. And how do you miss, right? Like, how, how is it possible to let you guys have him instead of, you know, like, honestly, I think that's a guy that should have ended up on the shock, right? So but how did you get him? I don't know if I'm supposed to reveal this, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> um, we had, I think we had a certain amount of money left, and I, I don't want to list numbers because uh, Albert Sure, me, yes. Right? So I'm yeah. not going to do that, but... Uh, essentially, we had a certain amount of money left, and we were talking with a couple other players, and we were kind of like, well, this is all we have left, and we need to fill out the, the main support role. And we had him. We had we had him, his plus one secured. And we were like, go get the friendship buff. Get get us the best number that you can, and we will do whatever possible to, to get to that number. And I think it was like, I, I can't give you what he gets paid, but like, sure, yeah. there was like a 30 or 40K diff between what we had and what he wanted. Uh-huh. And me, Gumba... Uh, Checkmate and Sauna all took a pay cut. Ooh, wow! Uh, we, were, we were like, we were we were that determined to get Chorong. We believed yeah. in the talent. We, we believed in you know the friendship and the synergy that they would have. And we were like, well, this is the piece. Like, 
if we want to win this year, this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. So um, we ended up sacrificing a little bit of salary to, to win some more, which I think we're all super happy with. I mean, yeah, no, what an investment. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, that's if there was ever a time to invest, I mean, that's that's a big one. That's a that's one to pull the trigger. Albert came on not too long ago talking about the power spike, and you guys are pushing that narrative. You guys are spiking hard, it feels like. You're, like, you're doing anything and everything to make sure this year is the Mayhem's year. This is the year. Like, yes, feels like it. Anything that we can do, we will, we will push for it and make it happen. Wow. I... Do you feel intimidated by Atlanta in that in that sense in that goal? I mean, always. I mean, they got the cream of the crop. <laughs> I mean, uh, they they have like the best in slot role, and they're looking for a tank player, and they ended up signing Donkop, which I think even even they were exactly sure what they were getting. And I've seen a lot of narratives like people are like, "Oh, well, it's just carried by the other four. I don't I don't feel that way. I mm. mean, you just look at like what looked yesterday. You fought against London, and he's like knocking a Cree like through the air. Like, yeah, mm. priming him five times midair and killing him. I think, I think they fit home runs everywhere, and then they have a rookie that not not a lot of people do of, and he's also been, I mean, he's been insane. I think Don Cox's been really good, and I think I think he'll eventually end up winning Rookie of the Year. I think he's, think so. I think he's yeah. yeah, I think he's talented enough, and he's done enough in that team to turn that award for sure. Hundred percent. I mean, he was the only playing rookie at midseason as well. The other rookie that was at midseason was Sauna. You know, like. It's it's yeah. not. Do do you feel this that there's like an a sense of veterans now are more important just because there's less quality left in contenders? Um, I mean, naturally, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, contenders are just. It's. I think everyone knows. It's always been, and every year it gets worse. Unfortunately, mm. I think people want it to be better, but there's the steps haven't been taken. And, I'm not smart enough to know what to do, frankly. Like, I would love for academy teams to come back, but we all know that's not feasible. Sure, yeah. Current climate, but um, yeah. I mean, veterans are really important right now, simply because just the lack of players, lack of initiative to even have players playing, you know, contenders. Collegiate, it's been a nice little bump, but it's not nearly enough for what Dio Rochek really needs to feed the the talent pipeline. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's getting a little rough out here. It's not like it used to be. Um, you did bring up kind of, you know, Sauna obviously departing, going to London, Baca from NT, if memory serves. I think I remember seeing that from the tweet. Um, kind of walk us through how many times he clogged the toilet. Why, why was he just plugging, plugging the plumbing? I wasn't there physically, but okay, I, I, all right. I, was, I was getting messages. I was like, let's <laughs> clog the toilet. And I was like, how did he clog the toilet? He's like, well, he tried to throw us out. I was like, wait, what? Oh, is that is that the Caesar salad? Okay, yeah. now it think, all makes sense. And I was like, I think you're supposed to throw the salad in the trash, but he was, <laughs> I, I don't know the reasoning. You're going to ask him yourself. But fair play. Look, fair I, play. Did, I, did, I didn't want to embarrass him anymore. You know? <laughs> no, that, yeah. the Europeans totally could. My mom discards like soup or whatever every time into the toilet. It's yeah, soup like, isn't salad though. Yeah, but like yeah. there's also uh, when I say soup, it's more like a stew. Like there might okay, be an entire fair. carrot in there or not, because like you know, the, the, it's just different. Like what you call houses is like our sheds, so fair, like the, yeah. you, the plumbing is just different uh, in terms of like probably the diameter of of the pipe and whatnot. I felt a mm. little bit in the in the clowning of him, but like yeah, yeah. He was like, ah, oh, at home I could do this. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> just, just not here. Man. Just not here. <laughs> It it's, it doesn't seem like there's ever a dull moment 
um in in the overwatch league i do kind of feel for you guys in that sense where you're just come waking up out of a dead sleep like sauna did what now what i what how? if my players done wrong this time this <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, in my <laughs> head it was more like the the typical pro player thing where like he orders no life Caesar skills salad and goes like uh that's not that tasty let's go back to chicken nuggets <laughs> and dumps the entire thing after taking a bite that was what my head cinema was playing the amount of like McDonald's and Burger King boxes that I see in the trash is, is astronomical. Like all time numbers from pro players, I'm sure. It, it's and it's and it's wild because it's it's like intercultural where it's like, bro, I remember like Sato on cam just like pounding two liters of Diet Coke, and now it's just like everybody is just little little palate gremlins. Like who who do you think is what's like the most like not high class but like who who's been the one to surprise you with like the life skills department like anybody like you know got some got some life under <laughs> has anybody surprised me um i mean yeah I, if, if you want to zoom it out for, go for ahead audio lis- listeners like mcgravy just had the meanest sank face on that question <laughs> he is he is struggling okay it's just I, I cycle through roommates every year and every year so i just i do everything Man, I take out the trash. I do the dishes. I clean the floors. I do the laundry. Like I do everything. Like, uh, and it's fine. I get it. Like I'm older. It's sure. expected of me, and I'm the coach. But anybody that surprised me, uh, if I had to pick somebody, it it it'd probably be uh, Merit. And okay. I don't know why. Just a vibe. I'm not sure he really does anything to warrant. He's got a mature vibe to him. You know, <laughs> that's just that's just a gut feeling that he feels the most put together out of him. Okay. Uh, that that is an acceptable answer. We will we will uh, the, the the council will digress on this. Awesome! Congratulations, Merritt. <laughs> yeah, congrats. Most mature player vibe award. Here you go. Yep. Um, obviously, Sauna, you know, was it felt kind of like a project player. Obviously, maybe didn't work out. Can you know walk me through kind of that process? What are the, what was that like? Was that something that he wanted to, like more stage time? What was that? Yeah, I mean, going all the way back when we first scouted him, we felt like mm-hmm. he was kind of someone who could fill either role for us, um, either it'd be the hit scan or the tracer. And if we needed something in between, we could utilize Sauna. Sure. And I think as the year got on, it just felt like there was less and less of a role for him on the team. Right. Um, wasn't so much a fit. I, he got along with the team perfectly fine. It just there wasn't a lot of opportunity for him. Sure. And uh, we prefer not to have someone sitting here and rotting and doing nothing. Yeah. Like and. We had the opportunity to let him go to, to London and get some play time. That's something he expressed that he wanted. So we were like, mm-hmm. okay, like completely fine with us. You want to go play for London? And we used this opportunity to kind of like test the field a little bit and look around. And we ended up scrimming. I think we found Baca because we started scrimming in T. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm a big gut feeling kind of guy. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the moment it happened or why it <laughs> happened. I just sure. felt like, listen, this guy's nading us a lot. I don't know how it's happening. This guy might be kind of good. And we looked at him, we were, we were impressed, and here we are. I mean, I think, like, and I kind of said as much on Twitter, but I'm like, we, we see a lot of, like, reactive roster moves. Obviously, this, you know, midseason has been phenomenal. I've always been championing, like, the, the hyper-agile, like, let's see some, some movement. We're not doing so good. How do we retool? Let's, you know, let's, let's make some moves happen. Um, and this is the, the year that it, it kind of feels tangible. Um, but you guys are being almost like it feels like proactive because it's you know the way that Albert you guys I think Gunba also made mention um, that you guys are looking more you know for next year obviously you know with contracts being contracts we don't you know need to get too deep into the weeds there um, but not everybody's going to be able to stay around forever 
Um, and if this is somebody that you guys feel very, very, you know, strong about and can get to them early, it's like, dang, okay, like we got a, a gem early and we're starting the off season moving. Like that's some incredible foresight. And I think you guys should be like at a boy. Like that's, that's dope. I'm excited yeah. to see that. We just didn't see a need, uh, particularly within the team. I think I, I saw a lot of points. People are making that we should try and look for a summer player, but frankly, like, who 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 are we gonna go knocking for for a summer player? Yeah. We're gonna knock on Doha's door, like, hey, just play Overwatch, by the way. Like, hey, like, we got to. Where's Libero? We gotta, you know, we don't know too much about the blockchain, but like, do you want to come yeah. play for a little bit? We just didn't feel like there was a lot of opportunity to like. Sure. For a fact, upgrade our team. So mm. why even? Why get rid of Sauna for playtime and then sign somebody to do the same thing? Yeah. Like, I think we were we were very clear with Maka that, like, I think Albert with, uh, did his whole tweet chain to kind of explain yeah. it. But he yeah, was yeah. going to play with this contenders team. We were going to put him on loan. And he was going to be taken until September anyways. So there's there's really no plan now currently to play him. Right. Um, just kind of a development piece for next year. And it kind of saves us some time, you know, in the future. 100%. Was there anybody else in Korea that, like, kind of caught your eye and was like, oh, dang, like, okay. Like that's somebody to kind of put on the short list. Uh, I don't. Anybody I worth mentioning? So I think we only scrimmed the one contender okay. team. I think we had pretty pretty good scrim bookings. Um, and you know we played Boston a ton. I think we played Atlanta a couple of times. So okay. I think we had good owl quality scrims there. So I think NT hmm. was the only one that we did. Um, I mean, as our job, we're always looking at players, anyways. Of course, of course. Me and Gumba both look at contenders all the time, so it's not like we just saw the one player and got fascinated. Like we, mm-hmm. we had, we've been, we've searched the field. We, we've done our research. Like, mm-hmm. and this is the guy we felt, given the the context and the the scenario, felt had the most potential going forward. Okay. All right. Yeska, are you thrilled about midseason I mean, moves? How do you feel? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a tough market. It's also, I mean, without saying too much, but like this is this was an absolute shit show of a uh, midseason in terms of like flip flopping and that. What folks got to understand is a lot of it's like a game of dominoes. As a, and as soon as one falls, everything else can fall into place. But if you then change the rules on the domino chain, now <laughs> you have a problem and you have a seed wide mm-hmm. problem. Okay, and. Then stuff doesn't like can't fall in for the one team, so it can't for that, and therefore there. And you know, it's it's just super hard to find a viable upgrades. More so if you're a Korean t- team that you know wants to find upgrades and also you know get a visa going. Interestingly, it was much more feasible for uh, Korean, uh, sorry, Canadian teams. Apparently, the visa is much more attainable there. Um, yeah. So that is not something that's afforded to American teams. And my understanding is that it t- just takes a long time still. So you're realistically looking at trades or moves that are going to play on ping or mm. not play, as you guys did, right? Um, so it's it's a very, very challenging situation. And if you already have a f- functional roster of five and you got to abide by the... Um, six-man rule and you don't also want to be the most cynical assholes around then you know you don't sign your coach you actually try to and in your in -hmm. your situation it actually makes some uh, functional difference because i think there is something to be said about getting in nice and early on players that are like hidden gems because a lot of people will go gold digging yep um right as the season ends in order to you know like who knows what's happening next year 
Um, right. Like, you know, we we don't know if uh, what what the format will be like if we will have a similar salary cap, a, a sort of like lower cap, right? Like the a minimum and whatnot. Um, that could cha- uh, throw a, a a wrench into things. But g- generally speaking, like with the volatility and the uncertainty, there are some some moves to be made, some sensible ones. There just no like immediate like oh yeah this makes perfect sense. There's mm-hmm. just a lot of things to consider, and that has been true for practically all teams that are making moves in the midseason. Yeah, I can't imagine it's uh, easy to plan things when uh, the how to say this nicely uh, the the landscape is, is like you said it uh, kind of decides on the whim. Uh, you know who can go where and why. Um, and yeah, like you said, we we really don't know what uh, what the future holds. Obviously, you know the the I'm I'm trying to quote that stupid thirty seconds to Mars meme, but I can't think of the exact monologue. That's being said. Um, is there is is there something that you guys are kind of looking forward to? Obviously, winning the season is obviously you know probably factor number one. Um, but is there something that you guys are like excited to show? Is there anything, you know, that you guys wish you could kind of like, if, if there was like a dream scenario that you guys could kind of make a piece of content or play in a certain meta? Like, is there anything that like, kind of like, oh, I hope we get to do this. Um, y- yeah, actually I didn't, I didn't really thought about it until now, but now you can mention it. I think okay. right towards, right as the off season ended and we started scrimming for this year i mm-hmm. think most people had kind of just reverted to playing what was meta in um grand finals last year which was the sure. the sojourn kiriko lucio mm-hmm. i don't i don't remember if it was reaper tracer but one of the two and the winston and we felt like if this holds like we're gonna we're gonna blitz some teams like straight oh, up, we're, yeah. gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna surprise people right off the bat like we're gonna be really good because that that, that feels like ideal for us um so if i had to pick a meta frankly it'd probably be that one um, I would say mainly because we ended up signing Merritt, who was probably a top three sojourn in that meta. Mm-hmm. He he only really lost the, you know, proper gaming. Like that's about the only person he really. <laughs> I mean, proper was having like an all time performance. So yeah, no knock on on Merritt, but he was. I mean, he was solo carrying in a lot of ways that year. Merritt was on sojourn, so mm-hmm. we were excited to try and show that off, but just hasn't you know hasn't come to fruition this year, unfortunately. Oh got a couple patches to go that's that's gotta be that i can and that's a whole nother like that there is a there's a, like a, a piece of empathy that i will forever have for esports coaches and more in our neck of the woods where it's like you you <laughs> you have to practice a certain set of things and then you get to the playoffs and then it's it feels like a grab bag of like what heroes are we gonna play all right bobby kodak uh, we've got a bastion and we, like it i like what that has to be Wind out of the sails, hair pulling. How are you not like me involved? I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, don't it's... even get me started. <laughs> I I had to deal with the decay Zarya. Okay. Sure. I yeah, had yeah, to deal yeah, with yeah, the yeah, Roadhog yeah. Zarya pounding <laughs> out of nowhere. I, I I completely understand. I've played against it. I've coached it. It's 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 never fun. But I mean, mm. if it makes for a better product, we deal with it. I, I you know sure. can't say for sure if it makes a better product or not. But we deal with what you know the hand we're dealt. That's fair. Do, do you prefer how they did it this year, where you know we're getting the new hero and a uh, uh, new map with 
some separation, right? Like it's t- theoretically still at the end of uh, summer stage. So there's there's much more grace period with that patch. That's yeah, not five days. Looking, yeah, yeah, instead of five days. Do you think that's <laughs> just preferable? From like, from a coach's perspective, I want as much time as possible. But from someone who wants the league to survive, the amount of the, the amount of time should be shorter. And I think yeah. I always prefer that. Um, uh, frankly, if they threw it on us and said the moment it patches, <laughs> that's what we're gonna be playing on. I don't know if I'd complain. To be honest, uh, it, okay. it, 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 it would you know it would suck, but at the same time, the closer we can get the product to the masses, I think sure. be better. And so yeah. I would like to have a job in a couple of years. Uh, so <laughs> fair. If you can, you know, do things to ensure that the Overwatch League survives, hey, I'm all for it. Go for it. That's that's um, a like, it's interesting that this feeling also now arrives at players and coaches. Mm. I think like more so. What what I'm interested in is, you know, the the branding aspect and the entertainment aspect of of the job, right? Because I feel like in other esports, players have taken on the responsibility of entertaining much more so, and I don't want to blame necessarily teams or players for that in Overwatch because to me it seems like this game is just more stressful. You just gotta put in more time, and like if I'm pl- practicing 14 hours. I have like two hours a day left to develop a personality and give that to someone, right? Like, mm-hmm. will I really be doing that on stream and whatnot? And it, it's just really hard to uh, make that work. But do you think that's that's a push that needs to be coming in terms of just being more on the entertainment th- side of things and optimizing for that a little bit? Uh, yeah, 100%. As, like I said, as a coach, it's not ideal that I have to like try and push my players to, you know, smile and be funny and you know someone does it naturally so very mm-hmm. easy on our, on our yeah to do the branding and you know the entertainment whatnot but uh, i've been there like when i was on valiant season three i think every time like back when content was actually still being made like i was always the guy oh kyle doesn't want to do it okay give it to gravy oh apply doesn't want to do it okay give it to gravy. <laughs> like i did everything so i understand how stressful and like overwhelming trying to be like a facebook brand is it's not fun it's not really what players signed up for but at the yeah. same time it's something that's it's critical, I think. Like, we're getting to a point where, you know, I think I, I saw Uber make a tweet that, like, mm-hmm. casting is becoming about content creation, not the job anymore, like, of, of casting itself. It's like, you have to be a content creator, too. And it's like, players, it's the same. Almost everywhere across the board, yeah. content creators are king. And that's just kind of, like, the way esports and the internet in general is headed, unfortunately, for players. I, f- I feel like yep. that's true everywhere. I feel like that's almost... Mm-hmm. That I have this this theory that if you restarted traditional sports today, <laughs> you would not be able to do that without the aspect of you know focusing on entertainment. The the last sport that got to you know to the math masses is UFC. It feels like, and mm-hmm. I mean that's barely something from a competitive integrity point of view that I would call a sport just because like how they handle like matching of top fights how you might be ejected from the league if nobody cares about you despite you being a top three fighter and whatnot then you gotta make up some bullshit you know like personality and like even to the point where it gets dangerous for you you know it's 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 a it's a it's just a reality that you're now competing against all, all kinds of content that others have uh, at their fingertips. 
and the core competitive product doesn't appear like just competition for the sake of competition doesn't appear to be you know the thing anymore you need the tribalism of different teams or different cities or different countries right you need the showmanship of a guy like for instance i'm not sure if you follow valorant you need a guy that pulls a cool move after also popping off you know like Mm -hmm. it's someone that can uh talk the talk but then also walk the walk that definitely helps right um, yeah, and that, was it? Uh, Kang Kang, for example, the yeah. opera, whatever the Chinese yeah, yeah. opera who's sitting there this, and shooting at his opponents. Yeah, off. It's, it's 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 entertainment. People love it, you know. Yeah, it, like the fact that it comes in in like it crosses the the esports bubble border and like it it goes like it it kind of was like a little esports viral moment that like it, normie friends of mine that like loosely follow esports like oh did you see this I'm like yeah it's fucking sick like it's like who doesn't love that you know Overwatch just doesn't have that like you said across across the table esports appeal i feel like no one ever i don't think i've ever heard anyone talking about a big moment like that i mean i'm not trying to toot my own horn here i don't i don't like i did have palsy i I had that reach at one point um and i'm not uh, listen i'm not saying my players should should go buy bodysuits off amazon and post pictures and reach out for attention but there needs to be something, and mm-hmm. I, I don't have the answer. Um, but like you said, like with the, the like the media and the entertainment people have on their fingertips, especially with like big social like TikTok and stuff. Like, well, yeah, short form content is king right now, and oh. frankly, an, e- an esports match is just not short form content, and yeah. it loses a lot of people. As long as you know someone isn't out here becoming a human soundboard for you know. 50k people just making all kinds of weird sounds you know maybe maybe we don't do that but you know hey whatever pays the bills i'm not gonna shame anybody but like it would be a little jarring to see you know merit out here just saying some odd shit um is there you know back in the day like you were still around obviously you're still around um from like a player and like a coaching's perspective you know the only kind of person that i think like even some of the old heads would maybe remember is like, you know, Dustin Bowerman coming out, you know, as Dogman and, you know, Colin Cruz a feeder and, and the flack that, you know, he kind of got was, you know, I can't imagine some of the shit that he kind of had to deal with. Um, from your kind of perspective, was was that kind of the, was that too much? Was that, you know, is is that the the the, the, the blueprint that somebody kind of has to work with? At least in uh, in like Overwatch, you know, it's like, yeah. where where do we go with it? What what What's like the best or closest thing that you've, you've seen? Um, yeah, I think that's just unfortunate you have to deal with if you want yeah. to try and build a brand and reach out. Um, again, I only know like my own personal examples. Sure. I think a big one that I pointed out was when I was making, I think it was season three when I was playing, I was making fun of Paris. I was making fun of uh, me mm. and the French came after me and I was like, oh God, here they come. <laughs> and it's just like, that's just something you kind of have to deal with. It comes yeah. to the territory of like trying to build a brand and especially if you're trying to be the heel or the villain. Like, sure just come to the territory unfortunately and it wasn't fun when i dealt with it i didn't like it. it you know the one negative comment out of 99 positive ones is always the one you want to read and yeah part, unfortunately it's just kind of like human nature mm-hmm. um yeah just kind of comes to the territory and something that people don't do because they aren't well suited to deal with it yeah which is just why they don't do it yeah i agree the thing is just like the negativity is the content like I, f- I feel like if you're shit talking, the value that you're creating is the confrontation, right? Like, and yep. 
it's also probably a good idea to presume that in how in serious you are, the same is probably true at the fans end for all but a certain sure. percentage, right? Like everyone's yeah. kind of in on it. They, they, you know, like most people get it. And I think like what the public could probably do better is those that go overboard with the feedback of like, oh, you're, you know, like shutting that down. Just push back yeah. on it and just say like, okay, you're, you're the outlier. Just like yeah. uh, deal with it. Like this is this is friendly back, back and forth. Um, I think what what goes a long way is talk the shit and then after the game show sportsmanship in order to illustrate, okay, this is still, you know, there's still an integrity here, but mm -hmm. we're also trying to tell a story, right? And yeah. right. the, yeah, the, the lack of that, certainly, I mean, a lack of LAN events facilitates this as well. But I, I also feel like this is also... And I kind of, okay, this is, here's old man talk, okay? Prepare. <laughs> I feel like the most endearing part about Zoomer culture is is that scuff is content, okay? You don't need highly True. polished products. Like, the, in some sense, the Hawaii tables were actually kind of, you know, oh, content Yes, I, I was so glad you're going that way. Because, yeah, that's kind of like the last, like, big moment that I felt like we had where I don't even remember who it was, but I, I know, like, Kaluge... And I think it was Reiner, I think, kind of like did like the face off and like everybody just ate that up. And it was just like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, it does look a little goofy when you're in like a Hawaii high school, like geology, you know, lab. But, you know, you, you work with what you got. OK. And like people really attach it. Nothing. Nobody. Nothing had to be said. It was just like the like you said, the vibe of like two of the, the great main tanks and they're facing off against one another. Oh, this is how we sell the fight. Right. Like. It doesn't have to be that all the time, but like it, it doesn't even need to be spoken. Like content can just be some, you know, vibe shit. I don't know. Two people staring at each other. In front yeah. Of PC setup. Yeah. <laughs> like it, 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 it doesn't have to be much. We don't need like a, a big monologue from you know some overpaid actor who is on strike at the moment and needs to you know pay his bills, and you know it, it doesn't need to be like a well produced thing. It just has to kind of like. And it's and it's kind of intangible to say this, but like it just kind of has to speak to something, you know, yeah. where it's like, you know, it's proper against the world, whatever. Right. Like that's an easy one. But like it's it's something something has to give. And I don't know if it's the league's problem. I think they probably shoulder a little bit of burden. Obviously, you can't really blame the teams these days because yeah. it's like your guys are, you know, I can't blame you. I don't know. Yeah. We've got Valiant with the locked out of this. Yeah, game. exactly. They, they haven't tweeted in, 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 in five months, and they come out of nowhere like, oh, I got the Twitter again, guys. Like, that's, that's how Yay. low it's Yes, on. yes. So, it's kind of hard to blame them at the moment. 100%. Do, do you feel there is a lack? Okay, so if, if I, I just went through the timeline of characters in, in the Overwatch League, and I'm certainly missing some, right? But we had, like, Fissure, who was, like, a big talking point in Season 1. Sure. Right? sure. We had Bumper who was, like, a showman to a degree, right? Um, super. It feels like, from the outside, we just have less of those characters. Is it that we actually do have less of these characters that could be entertaining, or do we have less access to those characters? Mm. Oh, it feels like we have... I, mean, I think that's a bit of both, but I feel like we have less... We just have less of them, because we don't have the resources to keep them. Why would yeah. Super mm. continue to be in the Overwatch League 
and stress himself out to the degree that he was streaming every day and working every day. He probably yeah. he probably put himself through fourteen hour days on a daily basis to do to get where he's at now. Yeah. And now he can just do his six or seven hours and make probably Double. the same amount of money, if not more. Probably yeah. more. Yeah. Probably a sizable bit more. So it's just it, it's hard because make sense. these people get priced out of the league. Mm-hmm. How how can shock say that you know how can they afford super they can't really right they'd have to pay him an astronomical amount of money to keep him within the ecosystem that's just something that teams can't afford unfortunately like yeah it it just feels like they should probably go ample thought into creating these sticky systems where we keep these people around and i actually kind of liked the I think like Shock was actually quite quick on their feet with the Dante thing because when I talked yeah. to him, it, I didn't have the the feeling that he was just not talking about the fact that he is going to sign with Shock. I think that probably happened after. The, could, could be totally wrong, but to develop systems where they there is a genuine concern for content creators where you know they they, they can request some things. Like for instance, I remember back in the day. Like, for XQC, it was very important to have an American visa, so he was signed to Legion, and then, you know, that is something that the Orc could provide. Honestly, for content yeah. creators, like, again, like, they're probably just as much or as little adult as the average pro player <laughs> is, so helping 100%. them with all the, you know, other stuff to do. Um, if you don't have an agent, teams functioning as an agent is pretty feasible. But also, like, having teams... Give the access to a clean feed that, for instance, uh, Poco is getting now, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. I think those systems, because there's also certainly always a concern for content creators, like what can I do on the day off, right, Um, of creating content. And, like, co-streaming these uh, matches could be interesting. I think there are some viable uh, streams that have pulled it off, probably the main one being Avast. Um who, uh, I mean, we forget about this, but who also is a player that was kept around in the system in Sunway, right? Yep. yep. Um, the, the If we were to develop that stickiness, because Jesus Christ has this brand developed some huge names in the streaming world, right? Like you mm-hmm. you, you look at the top. The biggest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look, like it, what if that guy was still co-streaming every once in a while, right? right? And bringing that energy. And I feel like the, like letting loose of the reins a little bit this is not going to be the NFL anymore. You're not getting the squeaky clean, yeah. clean sponsors yeah. anymore um, that want the squeaky clean, you, you know, like uh, grand stadium NFL type broadcast. It is like, once again, we can re- um, lean into the scuff and dare to, to keep players engaged in some way. Look, they, as far as I can tell, there's like three successful uh, cases of that on the broadcast talent and Jake reinforce and, Custer in some way, right? There's three jobs there. Okay, that's that's as far as the league has created for this esport, right? Not n- not many other sticky uh, parts. I I suppose some of that could also uh, responsibility could also fall onto the teams, um, and I guess Mayhem has done that with us as well because I I wonder if if he would do the same. If it would be feasible for him to just do co-streams if he wasn't working for you guys full-time. I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, I, I'm aware of his, of his situation at times, but yeah. Like, uh, for instance, like, let's say you you were done with the um, 
you know, like with the, all the stress and whatnot. And of course, you had a pretty big presence for a while, right? Mm-hmm. What 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 would be theoretically stuff that would keep you around? Are there incentive structures that, or assurances, or anything of the sorts that would make you stick around? Well, I mean, there was a time where I was done. When I retired, I, I really was expecting to, to to just step away from good and not, you know, even pursue coaching. So there was a period of time where, like, this is stuff that I had to consider. And and you had mentioned Shock earlier with Dante, and I think Shock's one of the few orgs that's really made an attempt to keep personalities within the scene. Because I mm. I don't remember when I did it, but I did. It was just one one off. They ended up opting not to do it with me anymore, which is I was completely fine. But I was paid for it. I, I did a, a co-stream with it was me and Emo watching. Oh, right, 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 yeah. On the YouTube, they did, they did like their own little. I think they ended up doing flats, like long term Emong and flats. I don't know if they do it anymore, mm-hmm. um, because they they were signed elsewhere. But they made an attempt with me, and I was paid fairly, and that was motivation to continue interacting with the league. And I did mm-hmm. I did co streams for a little bit. Um, it's just hard when you're not. It, it's so hard to try and start to build a brand or reach out and be selfish with it on your own personal channels after the league. Right. Um, I hadn't capitalized enough in the moment because it's so hard to justify doing it in the moment with the amount of work it is. You have to be so incredibly motivated to be diligent in your duties as a professional player and also get home after a 12 hour day and say, yep, I want to go talk to people. Yeah. I think, I think, I think most of the players don't want to talk to anybody after a 12 hour day. So it's hard. There has to be a, a major financial commitment from somewhere. I don't know if it's a team, it's the orgs, from somewhere to motivate people to create in the moment. So when the moment's gone, they can continue to interact with the league. Because mm. from my end, I, I hadn't capitalized enough to financially say that, hey, this is responsible. It just wasn't right. responsible for me to stream to 90 to 100 people that I had at the time. It just it wasn't paying the bills. It just wasn't sure. that do you think that, okay, here's a radical idea that I don't truly mean, right? But theoretically, like an, an idea, and we had some of that, just not as widespread as I'm about to suggest, is have streaming incentives in the contracts, right? This is less and less the case now. What if you made it 100%? Every player has to, you know? Like, of course, this is way too radical, but... You say it's radical? I think it's... Uh, I think it's, it's necessary. Yeah. I think you have I think somewhere somebody has to put their foot down and really yep. it's not fun and I was a player and when I was on Valiant, I think I think their contracts had mandatory streaming hours, so I had to stream it. It wasn't fun. Mm. Nobody ever wanted to do it, but sure. it worked. Like mm. I made extra money streaming even when I didn't want to, and streaming then was the only reason I was even able to put any sort of money in my bank account after playing. Right. That was the only way. Um, so it, it is radical, but somewhere someone has to like take responsibility and really like push for something major because right now it's like year after year, it just continues to go downhill. Um, mm. If it's mandatory streaming hours that's required, I'll, I'll stream. If you if you need coaches to stream, I'll do it too. <laughs> I'll I'll do my part. Like, mm. um, go full Rosie Riveter. Let's let's just get back to the war. Everybody, yeah, so, man the so, battle stations. Yep. Is there a sense, like, because it, it is, like, there is a sense, like, everybody here is a competitor, right? Like, everybody wants to compete. Everybody wants to win, of course. Um, however, there's only one one trophy to hoist. There's only one team that technically can win. 
Um, and if we're to be real, real honest, there's probably a handful of teams with the resources and the players that can even feasibly try to win, right? Is there a world where a team towards the bottom, I'm not going to name any names, is there a team towards the bottom that, you know, as as a, you know, a coach or as a GM, you can kind of, you know, mandate those streaming hours for the players, but then also kind of either find other ways to supplement that isn't just scrim time. You know, is there is there a way that you can dial that back to increase content or is that just kind of a, a spit in the face to a player that like that, that's not what I want to hear? Like, I want to win. Like, I want to get better. Like, is there a balance there that you could kind of you think you can navigate? I don't know. I do think there's a balance because we were talking about scuff earlier, and I think uh, I mentioned the the Valiant brand where it's like sure. I don't really care, and I I think that's a brand they can lean into, and mm-hmm. I think that's something they can continue to work on, and it's not it's, they're not really doing anything with it. I think that's an yeah. opportunity that's presented itself that hasn't really been capitalized on. Like True. I just I don't want to like I'm not trying to take any major shots here. I'm not trying to see teams like Vegas Eternal in the league anymore. Like it, it's I mean, boring. Yeah. They lose a lot. They don't do any content. They don't. They don't provide anything besides free money for the people that want to play for a year or two. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. Like, and that's just, I mean, I'm not trying to be truth. That's, yeah. just, that's just the truth. Like, they provided nothing of value to the league. I just don't see the reason to pay people nothing and lose. I would rather have, you know, I would, I'm not saying they have signed streamers, but like, sign the people that are fun. Like, yeah. Shock, Shock has signed people right now. They, they signed, they signed Renko. And I don't think anyone was looking at Renko. And he's winning games, and he's like all giggly mm-hmm. and happy. Everyone loves him. Like, yeah. And I'm not saying the shocks of the world need to go sign some tier three in a contenders player <laughs> that no one heard of. I'm not, you know, not trying to take shots at Renko. Renko's a good player. Sure. But it's working. Like mm-hmm. there needs to be something. And like teams like Vegas need to take these bricks or you know mandate streaming or some sort of content anything provide anything of value to the league because there's too many bottom feeders that are just that bottom feeders mm. a bit of a leech I will, a scab. I will also say like okay here i'm i'm going to spin like as as these hit my my uh neurons i'll i'll let you know like what <laughs> The, the the thing is that league also needs to provide some tool in order to make it interesting for the players and mm-hmm. I think like the way you get them is comp- competition, right? Like these guys are inherently competitive. So what if, for instance, I, I keep bringing this up with people. They always say like, yeah, well, it always breaks up in, in some way. Yes, because oh. there's no, like the, yeah. the, the pro pugs, right? Yeah. What I would do is you mandate streaming hours, let's say that. And then what you do is you give them like a, an Overwatch League queue. Like okay. something to stream. Overwatch League players have access to it. Maybe all the top contenders teams get yeah. uh, the, their players get access to it. Maybe the top ladder stars each season get access to it, and then they play for like, if I don't know, a prize pool per role for the in the end top rated player. And if you want, at the end of the season, put him next to the uh, or, or put him up at the grand finals and also honor those guys for winning the, you know, Overwatch League yeah. Pro Pug uh, $10,000 stuff. The the drama of fighting for that, and I, I, I promise you it will be a nightmare to moderate because people <laughs> will absolutely group up. They will absolutely stream snipe. They will absolutely queue snipe. They will throw matches and whatnot. It would be hard to um, moderate. Because like as competition comes in and as money is involved and status, 
people start cheating right, in some way. Um, yeah. But that would that in itself is also content, right? Like, the, yeah. and I think you can't expect the player that we have filtered for to just find it in themselves to entertain thousands. You got to give them something to do, and I think the yeah. idea of that. Q could be super interesting in terms of the incentive structure, mandated to, to some degree. It doesn't have to be a high amount of views, uh, hours, right? Each year, uh, mm-hmm. each week or whatever that you guys stream. You can even, I think like you guys, you probably don't mandate it, but you kind of semi-implicitly expect for folks to keep up their mechanics in, in letter anyway. Now make it yes. even better because like the problem that I always heard is we don't have enough support players or the tank sure. that I got yep. is on ball duty and we're in the Winston meta, but he is supposed to practice a lot of ball. And now there's like, he's throwing my matches. I start throwing all lobbies start throwing. We're all children. We can't, you know, keep, keep the pro puck uh, serious. As soon as you put money, a letter, dude, the, the Overwatch players like, as our number goes up, they pog. Okay, they are <laughs> <laughs> like it's. <laughs> this is how you get them, right? Like as soon as you attach mm-hmm. status to this, um, I think that's where you get them. The problem is, we were incredibly good. I don't know if you remember this. Like this, the approaches of companies like Face It are as old as your career, McGravy, right? <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. the fact that Faces wanted to go and do the pro pucks, I heard it prior to the Overwatch League. I heard it in season one. I heard it in season three for sure. Not sure if they made an approach in season two. Other services came in. We had something like from Carter last uh, last season. The problem uh, is you need the circus, circus. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You need money and status attached to it, and I promise you, pro players will buy in. Especially if it yeah. if it offers like they're all like oh please i'm a heart reset because like the every 20 games there's one guy reactivating his mercy account where he was like <laughs> 4700 before he quit in season three okay like if if you just mandated that way then that was also solve the quality issue and then maybe people would oh my god i have like a paris eternal play on my like you know uh ladder game yeah that's drama that's what we want yep yep I, I think it's as simple if, if you wanted to implement a system like that. I think uh-huh. it's two things. I think it's ease of access, the ability to click a button yes. and do nothing. Because pro players are lazy. That is like almost the core issue yes. of this whole yes. thing. Not, yes. not the core issue, but one of the core issues. Give them a button they can click and they do nothing and it, it sorts the rest out for them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like even with the incentive and stuff, these pug systems fall apart because they don't want to do the work. Yep. They had to like self-moderate. You take away all of that. And even that alone might be enough to like pushes through it's one it's that and then two it's the, the incentives like money titles appearances whatever like mm-hmm. you said. I, I i really think it's as simple as that i don't know i don't know if there's much else besides those two core issues but i think the number one is the ease of access because every time i've ever yep. talked to a player it's always been oh well like you said there's there's uh you know there's not a you gotta go into a discord day. channel and i gotta look for people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's all the work they had to do when yeah. instead they could just go to rank and click a button and the game doesn't work. Yep. It, it, that, that was almost always the issue that people told me about. Yeah, it has to be automated in some way. And that's that was the kind of the, the beauty that I kind of... That, that, that simplicity, because I, I didn't dabble with Circus. I knew a couple people who, like, you know, were, you know, orbiting it and they seemed to like it. 
um and and like it's a good idea um but there yeah there has to be some sort of like streamed line aspect and yeah i think you hit the nail on the head with like the rewards and stuff um as we do have a a bit of a hot iron moment what is going on gravy gravy i need your initial reaction the valiant have just beat the gladiators three two wait are you serious yes <laughs> listen listen you want to talk about drama Listen, LA Valiant, I used to be a part of you. I listen, no beef anymore. I promise you there's an opportunity to be happy. Anybody that's listening, just please send off some sort of tweet, start a stream, <laughs> get, your, get your players somewhere in front of a camera. Anything. Please do They're anything. bouncing around. Like the the post match, like them oh, on please. on screen, they're 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 having a time. Like they they're loving it. Like it's I, I kinda wish I like, I kinda wish we had brushed this topic earlier, but I Right. Because I was going to talk about, like, I eventually thought we were going to talk about gladiators at some point, and sure. I had the inkling of feeling something this might happen. Interesting. Oh. Okay. T- taking a core player and Dante completely away, like, frankly, that's not how I, I, I don't, I don't want to criticize because I, I like the coaches there and the staff, but that's not how probably I would have approached the situation they were, they yeah. were looking for. But I think losing Dante entirely was like, Way bigger of a blow than they anticipated. Yes. Uh, and I think it showed in the way they played. Um, I think even before they had like big coordination issues, and I think it's only gotten worse since Dante has left. So while this Valiant beating them is a, a surprise, it's not as big as a, a surprise as it might seem. As it might seem for my. Uh, wow. Yeah, I think it was actually a reverse sweep. I was checking. I had uh, Liquipedia open. I was like, yeah, 2 0. I was like, okay, yeah. Well, I'll just, you know, refresh in a minute to see the shock, you know, Washington game. And I checked Twitter and I'm like, wait, why aren't people talking about Valiant? I turn on the stream. I'm like, was, oh, was it's. That? Why am I playing for screaming? <laughs> Probably. I, I, I had heard my player is literally losing it on the other side of this wall. And I was like, that can't be a scrim. There's no way. <laughs> They're yeah. they're on like last they're on um they're on night market and liar is actually just fragging out of his mind and I'm like bro they're gonna win like what is going on I, I mean credit to him like it yeah. it's a big win and it was just so serendipitous that we're talking about like yeah we need some we need some drama we need some something to happen and like what better thing to happen than a team that literally like doesn't have access to their Twitter is getting paid pennies to the dollar like not scrimming, don't have a coach, like, and they beat the gladiators? I'm like, what? Paintbrush needs to fire up the Twitter <laughs> as soon as possible. Open it up. I don't care if you don't know the password. Act in anything. Get there. Like, we need eyes. Make a, make a parody possible. Twitter account. I don't care. Yeah. It, that's wild. Yeah, I had I had to throw it out there because it was well, I mean, just... hey, they almost beat us. They, they have the potential. <laughs> true, especially, true. Especially in, the, like, uh, I did watch the match, but I'm going to assume they were playing a lot of Rush. Um, yeah, a little bit, kind of, yeah. I don't know the map pool. I don't know anything about the match, but that's probably just my guess, especially in Ali Zhang. They were probably like, mm-hmm. like maybe like Reinhardt or Ramatra, something of that sort. Ram, yeah. Um, yeah, they're good at it. Frankly, I think they're good at that comp. So uh, not a huge surprise, to be honest. Okay. All right. Today got a whole lot more interesting. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pick'em's buster, if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Um, Dude, as like, we kind of... Go ahead. Real talk. Like You, you guys got to, like for the audience, you got to understand what just happened, right? This is a team where they were signed before the season so shortly that they didn't have initial scrims because nobody knew the fuck that they even were a team. So they were like three day, uh, weeks late to scrims with Overwatch League teams, scrimming contenders teams. They're playing on their own 
freaking PCs, right? Like they didn't get anything from the org. They're all probably on cynically minimum. Their sixth player is their coach that has to do practically everything, right? They like their general manager is a league coach. Okay, like all of mm-hmm. this is a joke, right? And then you have, admittedly, a also hurt um, LA Gladiators that still had a really uh, solid budget, I would say. That Jim? said, here here's the here's the silver lining. I think the problem of signing someone in the main tank position that's now on ping, that's a play that you only make if you want to... Like, that's a an implicit admission of, like, we're just going to lose here and we hope to get it back in play-ins and gain by the time it comes to playoffs when we need maybe... Like, we're convinced Monkey will stay. We need a better player on the hero. Mm-hmm. He won't be playing that well on... Uh, on ping, but hopefully we can get him over to playoffs and make that happen, right? Yeah. Feels like it. Feels like that's the only way that this kind of makes sense. It was just a strange move. Like, like I feel like you have to completely replace your tank with another tank and have no other backups. It feels like pure desperation, but it didn't feel yeah. like they were in a pure desperation kind of mode. Like, they barely skipped out of making Batista Madness. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. You know, it wasn't like the end of the world. Um, I, just from my perspective and like what, what what I've heard, like I just figured, again, I'm not calling for players' jobs and I'm not advocating people lose their jobs. It just that did not feel. It felt like they had excess in the DPS position, and I thought they were going to maneuver that mm. way where they end up adding a tank and subtracting right. the DPS and then getting there. I never expected them to just minus tank add tank. I, I that's not what I expected. Glads, but here we are losing the valiant. So <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's insanity. And also, like, you got to say... What like, a world. Like, Sika has been playing very well all season. Yes. Like, yeah. that folks aren't more active in trying to get him. Like, I, I talked to him. Yes, there's a buyout. But, like, I can't imagine it's, like, a b- large buyout. Um, it's not like you're are... you're having... Like, there's there's also something to be said about market, the marketing angle. That's a It's a very good player. That's a Western <laughs> player that's eager to stream. You just gotta give him some something, and he's going to, you know, produce value for you. So yeah, I think I mean I'm not gonna go to bat too hard for orgs, but like especially with like the economic status, like that buyout as much as in it. Admittedly, I think it probably is kind of low, but like, is that also the what you want to bite on right now? Like, or are I think we're all kind of struggling in terms of the dollar bills. Like a buyout might be enough to like just kind of. Make them off the table, right? Feels the, the uh, thing I, is, this, this kid really wants to compete. Like I, I almost sure, felt. I get like, it. I uh, my mid thirty year old ass had some parental <laughs> feelings. Talk, seeing him talk about like money and like future prospects and just wanting to play Overwatch, and he's not cl- interested sure. in collegiate, and he just wants to work at his uh, craft, right? Like that's sure. a kid that will pay his own buyout. Unfortunately, it shouldn't. Absolutely shouldn't. But I absolutely should not do that. No, but. don't do that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, I, I mean, respect it's, the, I respect it, but like, yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, he's a gamer, and I respect the commitment. Like, he's a, he's a player. Like, if we didn't get married, that I mean, that's someone we I think we could have easily ended up with. Mm. He was he was on the short list for sure. Like, he was up there. Like, we had looked at him even like just out of curiosity, like uh, last year, like when we had Hydron, we were just sure. like meandering through people like do names just out of curiosity. We we're like, if like Hydron, like for whatever reason, like got like traded or like sold. Right. Or, he retired, like, Seeker was on the shortlist, and even then, he's a really good player, and he's got, I mean, obviously, a ton of talent. I mean, 
in matches they have no business winning. He's, he is sitting there and <laughs> yeah. one-tapping the team. Even at Boston, it felt like he had, like, obviously they had their own. That That's a whole can of worms that yeah. we're not going to get into. But, like, even when he did get some stage time, like, there was promise. Like, it was like, okay, like, this kid's got something. Like, there's something here. Like, if you put him in the yeah. right environment, you give him some, like, proper stage time and develop him. Like, he's he's got legs. Like, this is, for, yeah. For me, it's, uh, from my own experience, it, it's shades of Kai. Like, it's, it's a valiant sure, team. Yeah. Sure, sure. have a lot of money and... Maybe not the best talent, you know, including myself. I wasn't the best. Sure, certainly not the best player. Um, and he is just like, he's just this centerpiece Western hit scan that's just dominating. And mm-hmm. at very similar trajectory, in my opinion. Okay, Gravy. I, I, there, there is a, there's a, there's a, a long lost friend of mine. Not lost. He exists. He's not, you know, he hasn't passed away. But like, I think it, it would be remiss if we didn't kind of celebrate your tracer back in the day. Like, come on. I think, come on. Like, for Western very, Tracers, like, come on, like, very the short homie. Period, very short period of time where I was very confident in my Tracer play. I, I remember <laughs> it. It was, it was season zero contenders. Yep, 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 I yep, yep. Against, I was playing against Phase and Envy, and it was Effect mm-hmm. and Carpe. And after that, I had no confidence. They just dominated. <laughs> I, was, I, I, will, I will never, ever be on that level. It is not possible. I had Shadow Burn and Carpe just two v one me from out of nowhere. It's twenty four seven. I was like, "This is it. Like, th- there's no more. Uh, it's over." <laughs> Fair. Fair. As we kind of you know get to towards the end of the show, um, we do have some future matches for you guys to kind of you know yeah. uh, pick through. Um, this Sunday, you guys open the day with the Vancouver Titans, a team that have made some moves. Obviously, dropping Aspire and picking up He Sang. Surprisingly, I think almost everybody. Um, according to the rumor mill, uh, how do you feel about that one loading into Sunday? Um, from a coach's perspective, I I, I kind of love the move. Um, okay, I don't think there's gonna be any one player out like that was out there in the market that's just gonna like slot into what Aspire was doing for that team and mm. on the same level. Like, I like the idea of just going double flex, the best talent available, and we'll move from there. I think that's like I think that was the smartest move they could have made frankly, uh, but just get the best talent you can. It doesn't matter the fit. It doesn't matter the mold. None of that matters. Just we need the talent and we'll move from there. Um, so a lot of respect for, for their, you know, their staff and their team for putting that together. Um, they're a good team. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the last time we practiced against them, but I think, I think a lot of people, I don't want to say, I don't use the word overrate. I think, oh, I think people will overrate us a little bit because we three out Houston, but I think Vancouver will give us a competitive match, frankly. Um, very confident in my team. We're going to win. But Vancouver is probably, I would even venture to say, a better team after the move. Um, I think so. a hot take. Um, I think they have potential to be better, and I think it'll be a it'll be a good match for sure. How how because you do you talked about like get the talent, not necessarily the fit, and then you can craft strategies around it. How big of a yeah. talent is he's like still in your mind? Because I think a lot a lot of people like had mm. him like, oh, this guy's going to be rookie of the year and the shock and blo- and super mini proper boss. was the the narrative, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think uh, from my experience, I felt like he was just too close to what proper already provided. It just mm. didn't. I, th- I think people have used the word fit with the shock a lot. They make the the white boy memes with Krusty, mm. all that nonsense. I, I think for he's saying in particular, it just felt a lot like. He just functioned too closely to what Proper already gave for the team, so he yeah. was doing stuff he wasn't really good at. And, a little overlap, in a way. And I think with Vancouver, with less expectations and less pressure, they'll kind of be able to slot him in better than he was doing in Shock. Okay. 
Good Interesting. player. I think absolutely a good player. Um, no doubt about it. He's got the talent to just can they utilize his strengths correctly. And I think they can. It's it's interesting because theoretically, I feel like this team has been playing above the perceived value of their parts all season. And if that's something that they can give Hisang, you know, that that could be interesting, like in terms of the quality that's um, coming their way. I'm also interested if if they have like who's who's going to give, you know, in the, in terms of between Sugar Free and Hisang, who's getting their picks? Mm. Because there is a healthy amount of overlap, right? Yeah, okay. that's a big that's a that's a big conversation that you know I'm not really tuned into because you know it's not my team. But um, <laughs> just from like what I know from Sugar, like because I played against. I mean, it feels so strange to say the words I played against Sugar Free, <laughs> but I played against yeah. him when he was 13 years old. And yeah. He this year in particular, I think everyone like within our org um, in particular was impressed with just how hard he worked to get back where he is now after mm. going and playing Valorant and, you know, taking the hiatus from Overwatch. He probably played more ranked games than anybody in the league. I oh, think dang. he probably, I, I think he probably put in the most time to get back to where he is now. So, I mean, I don't know the current hero pools and what they're best at. And that's, that could probably be a strength for them. They could utilize that against us. I'm not sure. But, um, if I had to like put a feeling out there and like say I'd, I'd probably say sugar free will probably do more of the flexing. That's just my 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 gut feeling. I'm not 100 sure. on that, but um, just with how much time he's been putting in and mm. how flexible he's been in the past, I wouldn't doubt it. If you could pull out a, a random widow or an echo per se. Wouldn't be shocking. Plenty, it's plenty time. Are you shaking, Yiska? Yeah. No. I I feel. Um... That's it's going to be interesting how this is going to uh, develop for the, for the rest of the season. I think like mm. that the one thing where it's like hopefully this this works with the language, right? Because this is sure, of course. That, like faith yeah. has to do a lot of heavy lifting there, but I I think that we already presume that that's happening anyway in terms of like the team's fabric, and he does it in mm-hmm. interesting ways <laughs> from what I heard. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it. it I think that match tomorrow or not tomorrow uh, on Sunday. Sunday it's going to be Sunday, yeah. super nice. It's a good game. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fun for sure. It's a, it's a heater. This is also the stage that you know the strength of schedule is a whole new topic uh, yeah. to discuss. But yeah, double Boston this stage uh, a blessing or a curse? Uh, unfortunately for us, I think a curse. Um, okay. <laughs> I, think, I, I definitely think they're going to be better than what they showed us at, <laughs> at Mid-Season Madness. I'm, Got it, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to throw people under the bus, but that was kind of pathetic. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, I mean, we're, me, me and Gum are just sitting there, and they're like, they somehow end up on Orissa on the last map, our, our worst Weird. map in Bali, and it's just like, uh, what are these guys doing? Is there any <laughs> control? Is there anything positive going on in that camp? Um, so frankly, I don't think um, Kariv and Co. can do much worse. Uh, right. Love Kariv, but you know, gotta, gotta, you know, gotta try and put him down when I can. <laughs> uh, but they'll be, they'll be, a, they'll be a good team for sure. I think they'll only get better. So, unfortunately for us, a curse. But I'm excited to see how they grow. Beautiful, beautiful. New York should be, you know, dare I say, light work. I try the double not to throw Boston that word around too much. Okay, uh, all right, fair. I mean, Don't wanna. I, I tried I'll go knock some wood. What? The moment I decided we we need to like reel it in a little bit on like how much we underrate our opponents was was valiant. I, sure. I was, sweat, I was I was sweating. 
I was Matt five. I was I was shaking. <laughs> I was like, no more. We like every match is. We're a great team, but we still have to take things seriously. Hundred so, percent. Um, we'll we'll prefer for <laughs> just as much as we do a, a boss in Atlanta. Fair play. I think that's that's very mature. Very mature. Um, as we kind of wrap up, guess any of the final questions. I was wondering, like, I, I was it someone that said it? I I I had this take that infernal, just like from the talent. If if, if I want to use your um your framing of the thing, of the concept, is pretty high up there, right? Like, if you put these guys in like NA and have them practice, they could be much better than they, what they showed at midseason, right? Yep, agreed. Did you um, did that come out in scrims? Um, yeah, I, I don't remember. I'm really bad at remembering scrims. If I remember correctly, I think Inferno had us pretty handedly when we were practicing in Korea. Oh, okay. Um, to be honest, like I think most of the, like I think both the Apex teams we played had us. I mean, Hangzhou beat us in, in the match. Um, I think they have they have the tools, but like you said, I think the practice level is so low mm. in Apex, and the, especially the meta is so limited that. Against a team like us, in particular, I think they struggle because we don't. Uh, we're we're not Spark. We don't we don't play Somber Tracer Monkey everywhere. Literally, yeah. I, I think uh, Gumbo was talking about. He was watching VODs earlier this morning uh, before we started doing our scrims. He was talking like, "Yeah, they're just playing Somber on circuit on circuit." Yeah. And we were like, "What uh, uh, circuit? Did did you watch the Houston match? Like, the, the big the big sniper got, map? They got they got picked apart. Like the Monkey couldn't play the game. How's that yep. possible? So, um." Yeah, I mean, they have the talent. I definitely think Infernal, like, if they could put the practice together and the reps and the flexibility, I think, like, that's a solid team. And they could they could definitely do some damage, 100%. Yeah, Peck, it, it is... I think, I think, Yiska, you are right, that, you know, the, the, the practice isn't the best. Um, but I, I think it is difficult they, to kind of also, like, remember that, you know, they got some heaters. Yeah. They, got, they got the guys. It's it's also just like there's a lot of apex slander going on where it's like oh yeah look True. We only won one match, um, yeah I think like it's kind of sort of misperceived yes they don't have a team like Atlanta right mm-hmm. uh, who seem for by all rights other than Pro AM pretty untouchable this year right um, I think this and that's not necessarily true for all matches especially like. Houston got pretty close the first time around. Wasn't close in the grand finals in in comparison. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I think like depending on what the meta is going to be, you know, with with the new patch, and I think the map new map can also throw a big wrench in there. Like for the first time in Overwatch le- uh, League history, control is devalued or put on the same value yeah. as all yeah. other map types, right? And there's a lot of teams feasting on their ability to win map fives on control, right? Um, if if I had to put the most famous control team, it was probably Fusion University. God bless. It, it, yep. just, it, it just it just didn't matter if you won the middle. They would always win one in five. It didn't matter. They would reverse sweep you. And it, either way, they were winning three two. If you took mm-hmm. it to map five, it was just over. And it, it, that's the only time I think in my career that I played games. And I'm like, man, how do, how do we do this? Nobody's ever done this before. Like nobody beats the team on map five. Like what's what's the secret? It just it just never seemed to happen. Like some teams just have that ability to, especially in Men Five, to just clutch up and play at another yeah. level on control, and that's gone now. So, see how it shakes out. 
It should be an interesting little time. We do have a new game mode, a new hero. First time, obviously, yeah, like you just saying, control, not the most important game mode. Um, but we are going to wrap up here. Thank you again, Gravy, for coming in and talking and, you know, giving the, 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 the flaming hot reaction uh, off the, the Valiant victory. Uh, anything you want to plug? Anything coming up for you guys? Obviously the games, but, you know, anything you want to give a shout out? Listen, I'm always pushing my players to stream more. So okay. I ask that if, if that, yeah. you know if Rupal happens to turn on his stream, then go and you know go ahead and support my guys. Um, I'm not huge at using my brand I have anymore, and that's a knock on me. I got to do better at that as well. Um, just support the league in any way you can. That's all I really care about. I want to keep this thing going. I love my job. I love the league. I love Overwatch. So watching this, just you know, watching the podcast is also a big help. So appreciate you guys and. Continue, Thank you. Know, you. Continue to support the league in any way you can. Hundred percent. Up for me. Awesome, Yiska. Anything coming down the pipeline? Um, I'm going to interview uh, Sam. Uh, okay, that's probably coming out next week. I have a pretty big panel going down. Balance discussion. Um, okay. Got some. Got got one of your guys there as well, my gravy. Um, but. High the high society, okay, of uh, Overwatch League. If that comes to to be, that that should be super interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And then, I mean, always on the hunt for more interviews. You know, looking to to bring these stories. I, like this this week, we had three, and I thought all of them had some really juicy bits in there. Like, if mm. but by the way, yeah. like I'm now cashing in on watch watch the Seeker interview because like this makes what just happened even more impressive. If you get the full mm. scope of like really how impoverished this team is in comparison, right? <laughs> um, and then also, um, yeah, I did one with Dante on his retirement, um, and uh, who was reinforced five hot takes of which one I already looked like an idiot for because I said something something Vindame. No, is that what I remember? Uh, I mean okay. that that oh. is still true. <laughs> but <laughs> I said the shock are going to end the stage with three and five, and now they ah uh, yeah that one doesn't look so hot. No, white boys, yeah, uh, <laughs> white boys. That's, that's on me. Colin Striker home. Yep. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Can't win them all. All How right. You, huh? How about you? Oh, I, whatever. I decided on the day. There's no plan here. We don't plan things. <laughs> Fair enough. I respect that. <laughs> I'm a big on a kind of guy. Too. Yeah, you know, it's, we're, we're gut guys, Jessica. What, what can we do? Yeah, you know, yeah. we're just big just gut guys. I my belly and I just go with it. Today, yeah. I'm going to write about this. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the episode. Thank you again, Gravy, for coming. 305, yeah. we'll see you next week for some games. GG's. Thanks for having me. Peace.